Okay, good morning, everybody. Give me a give me a wave if you can hear me. That's fantastic. Good morning and uh, welcome to our uh, Crawley Community Church online meeting. It's uh, it's great to see so many of you, and uh, a special greeting if you've joined us as a visitor. As uh, as we've said already, this is a this is a new way of uh, doing church. And, uh, so important that we remain connected in these times. Please keep in contact through all the social media means that we have at our disposal. Uh, we may be cut off from one another physically, but we're not cut off from care, and compassion, and support and fellowship. Uh, if you're not part of a small group, then please think about joining one. Uh, these can give additional opportunities to, to keep in contact. Please contact us at uh, lovecrawley.co.uk. I haven't got a little uh, banner to hold up like Heidi did, so well done, good planning on there. But Contact us on the website or through email uh, if, you, if you need any help or support at all. Um, so, so we're coming to the end of our equipping month. And, and when this was first planned, we, we never expected to be in the position that we're in now. But it's amazing how relevant these topics have become. And so it's my pleasure this morning to be talking to you about mercy and how we can grow and excel in mercy. Let's start with just a couple of readings, uh, the first from 1 Peter and the second from Luke's Gospel. Hopefully they'll be coming up here in a moment, uh, but firstly from 1 Peter and verse 3. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And then from Luke 18 starting from verse 35 as jesus approached jericho a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging when he heard the crowd going by he asked what was happening they told him jesus of nazareth is passing by he cried out jesus son of david have mercy on me let's just pray father just pray that you bless our time this morning just pray you bless these words that you'd encourage us, uh, each one of us, Lord, through your word. Amen. Uh, now, in the spirit of um, keeping things brief this morning, I'm not going to have my usual three points. I'm just going to have two points. That's remarkable in itself, isn't it? Uh, firstly, I want to talk about God's excellent mercy. And then secondly, I want to talk about the subject that, that really is at the top of this, how we can grow in mercy. Because we can't really talk about how we can grow in mercy until we understand the tremendous mercy that God has shown us. God is described in this passage in Peter as not just a God who shows mercy, but a God who shows great mercy. But what is mercy? You see, I can't help but think of a picture of the gladiators fighting in the arena in ancient Rome, watched over by the emperor, and he held his, their lives in his hand. Uh, with, with a downturned thumb, he could condemn someone to be killed, or someone who had fought well uh, might receive a raised thumb, uh, which meant the emperor had shown mercy and they could live. Perhaps, perhaps not the most helpful of illustration, but that's how my, my mind works. So what is mercy? Well, put simply, mercy is one of the three ways God interacts with us. The first is justice. God is described as righteous and just. And therefore, justice is getting what we deserve. 
God is described in Exodus as maintaining love to thousands and forgiving wickedness, rebellion and sin. Yet he doesn't leave the guilty unpunished. It's a principle we understand and even expect. Those who do wrong should expect censure for serious crimes. There are penalties, including imprisonment. And we can take comfort that God knows all things and will ultimately hold people to account for the things they've done. But it's not just other people who have done wrong. We all have. From Romans, we read that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and that the wages of sin are death. So death is what we deserve. We have wronged God. We've disobeyed him and turned from him. And we deserve nothing but eternal separation for him. And that's justice. It's a good job, therefore, that God is not just a God of justice, but a God of mercy, a God of great mercy. And I love the way that verse in Exodus manages to combine those two characteristics, his forgiveness and his justice, without in any way being contradictory. Through Christ's death on the cross, God can forgive our sins, remember them no more. And as it says in Peter, we can have new birth into a living hope. So mercy is not getting what we deserve. We deserve death, but that punishment has been suspended and we have not received that which we deserve. But God goes one stage further. He's also a God of grace. And if justice is getting what we deserve and mercy is not getting what we deserve, then grace is receiving what we do not deserve. And God has not only forgiven our sins, that's mercy, but he's given us every spiritual blessing. He's made us his sons and daughters. He's made us co-heirs with Christ. We read all of that at the beginning of Ephesians. He didn't need to do that. He could have just forgiven us. He would have been God. We would have been his creation. But he chose to bless us. He chose, chose to pour out every spiritual blessing on us. That's God's great mercy and his great grace. But how do we excel in mercy? Because this brings us to my second point. And don't forget the beggar on the roadside. Uh, we'll be coming to him in a moment. But when we think about mercy, I, I'm not sure that I'm called upon to display mercy in the same way as God does. I, I'm not faced with someone who has wronged me to the extent that they deserve death. Someone who has wronged me such that I hold their life in my hands and I can show mercy. Well, what does it mean for us to show mercy and to grow in mercy? Well, it means those simple acts of kindness and compassion that we have done, and are doing even now in these troubled times. If we look back in church history, the, the traditional church of centuries ago defined what was meant by acts of mercy that we could display. And they were written down and they became part of church doctrine and teaching. And they fell into two groups. They fell into those that were called corporal acts of mercy, i.e. things we can do physically to help and spiritual acts of mercy, things that we can do to help people spiritually. I hope we'll see a list with those two on there at the moment. So these are the things that we can do to show mercy to people. Just pick out a few from there. Uh, we can feed the hungry. I mean, just, it's just amazing that, that I found these lists so helpful. Remarkable that these were drawn up centuries ago. 
But think how relevant these have become even in the last month. This is what we can do, church. Feed the hungry. Give drink to the thirsty. Counsel the doubtful. Uh, that simply means to take care of those who are afraid and worried, and that's pretty much everybody at this time. Pray for people. And, and what an opportunity to share the gospel and teach those who don't know about Jesus. This is how we can grow in mercy. Think about these lists in the coming days and, and what you can do to bring these to life for the people around you. Take a screenshot of this part of the presentation, stick it on your fridge, pray into these in the coming days. I'm still on my uh, second point and I'm aware that I still haven't talked about the beggar at the roadside. And that's an important verse. So uh, let's go to him now. Because whilst compassion and forgiveness are similar words to mercy, mercy is something very special and very important. And I want to draw out the difference. Let's just read that verse again from Luke's Gospel. As Jesus approached Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard the crowd going by, he asked what was happening. They told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. He called out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Now the beggar could have cried out, help me. Give me some food. Comfort me. He could even have cried out, forgive me. But he cried out, have mercy on me. You see, when we cry out for mercy, we recognize that we have absolutely no control over the situation that faces us. The beggar couldn't barter or trade his way out of his situation. He couldn't present a compelling argument as to how he had been unjustly treated. All he, all he could do was cry out, have mercy on me. And where are people who like to be in control? To say that we have no answers, that we're not in control of the situation, is an uncomfortable place to be. It's uncomfortable to confess that we have no solutions and only the one that we're crying out to has the power to act or to change anything. I say that very humbly in the light of present circumstances because maybe, just maybe, we are a generation that has forgotten what it means to need mercy or to cry out for mercy, to acknowledge that we cannot change things, that we can't solve things ourselves. It's not a very British thing to do. It's not a very 21st century thing to do. But maybe in the light of current circumstances, it's the right thing to do. We like to think that we're in control of the situation around us. And, and even when we're not, we count on others to do that. We count on the police to ensure order, the health service to protect us uh, medically, insurance policies to reimburse us in situations of financial loss. Even when all of these fail, someone is ultimately responsible. More, more and more, we live in a society where when things go wrong, they can be fixed. We can solve it. We don't need to cry out for mercy. And in many ways, there is a place for that. God is a God of order. He's blessed us with intelligence and a nature that responds with compassion to a crisis. And so, like many of you, like all of you, I am praying for our medical services that are doing such a tremendous job at this time. I'm praying for all those in medical research that are working to develop a vaccine for this virus. 
I'm thanking God for the ways that we are rising to the challenge of supporting one another. But at the same time, I want to cry out to God to have mercy on this nation and the other nations around the world, to acknowledge that our lives are in his hands and to rest securely. And this is important, to rest securely in the fact that we have a God of great mercy who hears and answers our prayers. So in summary, everyone, carry on doing what you're doing. Support those around you through your small groups, through the messages that come out from the elders. Let us continue to love our neighbours and those around us and continue to show mercy and excel in showing mercy. But let us also cry out to God for mercy. I don't usually quote to cabinet ministers in my sermons, but I love this quote from Rishi Sunak, the, the Chancellor, just, just recently. And he said this, he said, when this is over, and it will be over, we want to look back on this moment and remember the many small acts of kindness, and for kindness you can substitute mercy. Remember the many small acts of kindness done to us and by many. I think this is a very significant and appropriate comment. Let me pray and then I'm going to hand over to Valentina, but let me just pray first. Um, it says in 2 Chronicles that if my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Lord, we come to you with this prayer for our land. You promise that when your people pray and humble themselves and seek you, you will hear an answer. You promise healing in the land. Lord, our land needs healing, and I believe it starts with me. I believe it starts with us. I, I humble myself before you right here, right now. I'm seeking your face. I ask you to grant us a repentant spirit to show us mercy, to heal our land and all the other nations around us. Lord, through our prayer and through your great mercy, would you save us and bring many into your kingdom? Let me hand over to, to Valentina, who's going to pray with us now. Thank you for listening. Oh, good morning, everybody. I hope you can hear me. Wave if you can. That's great. That's great. And well done for waking up an hour early today and joining us and overcoming the technical challenges. When I wake up, every morning now, I don't know really what the day holds, what uh, the news is going to bring. We can't physically meet any longer. Many are anxious about even stepping out of the door, about tomorrow. Some are battling sickness, personally or professionally, or facing unemployment, loneliness or bereavement. But we've just been reminded that God is real and he cares. In Lamentations 3 verses from 22 to 23 in New Living Translation, it says, the faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. 
And if you are not yet a follower of Jesus, you can receive this great mercy even right now by simply inviting him in your own words into your heart. Or you can follow these words and perhaps close your eyes just to focus on him as you say it. You can say, Heavenly Father, sorry for the wrong things I've done that offended you. Just take a moment and you can think specifically about that, what you want to leave behind. And then you can say thank you for dying on the cross for me so I can be set free and have eternal life. And then say, please, Lord Jesus, come into my life by your Holy Spirit and be with me forever. Amen. And if you have, if you pray that prayer for the first time today, we would love to hear from you, you can email us on hello at lovecrawley.co.uk and we can support you on this amazing journey following Jesus together. And if you are a follower of Jesus, I want to share what I was recently reminded of about the sons of Issachar in 1 Chronicles 12.30 who understood the times and knew what people of God should do. Right now, as the world is battling coronavirus, rethinking what's important and relearning about caring and sharing, it is time when we can spring clean our hearts and seek God more in his word, in prayer for ourselves and for those around us. Our Heavenly Father, we pray for these nations and the world. Lord, we pray for coronavirus to stop, for peace where there is fear, for healing where there is sickness, and for hope where there is despair. Lord, show us just what to do to share your good news about your great mercy and your love so the world may turn to you and be healed and be saved in Jesus name. Amen.